0: So the final half hour of the program today, I'm going to try to put into context where we are in the culture as it relates to political issues before us now. And then in the final segment in particular, I'm going to turn that toward uh, something that I was pondering this morning in my uh, private prayer time and Bible reading time, and uh, put more of a spiritual uh, context, or at least view it through a more spiritual lens, a more faith lens, and hopefully to inspire you as you head into The weekend. Uh, It is no secret to you that the wokeness is all around us. It's in schools. Uh, I may be off the air here for a couple of months while I run for my local school board. um, FCC regulations and just paperwork nonsense that uh, could put uh, the station in some kind of uh, jeopardy for equal time if I'm on while I'm running for office. I'm running because I feel called to run. I feel like I'm equipped to do this job and. So if I vanish from the air here coming up, that's, that's why. Um, and I think we all have to be willing to serve. Um, politicians are supposed to be public servants. They, a lot of them are, but they're just serving themselves. <laughs> um, you are called to serve, and you can with your vote, and you can with your voice. A lot of people say they have to find their voice. No, my guess is you know where it is. You're just afraid to use it. (laughs) So you got to use it. Don't spend time finding it because you know where it is. A lot of people on the other side have no problem using their voice. And the fact that no one offers an opposing voice allows error to dominate in our culture. I'm looking at a story here from the Daily Mail. Journalism professor claims children should be exposed to, to adult genitalia, to prepare them for seeing naked trans people in locker rooms. Uh, This is uh, a professor in Canada, but do you doubt that there are professors in the U.S. who feel the same way? Uh, This woman, and she is a woman, uh, blasted Riley Gaines, the NCAA swimmer who's become an activist, tried to protect women in women's spaces and women's sports, I can't read the response that she wrote to Riley Gaines. It's evil. It's vile. It's awful. So this culture war must be fought because there are a lot of people who say, ah, you know, Republicans, don't get caught up in culture wars. Donald Trump says of Ron DeSantis, why are you caught up in culture wars? Disney, oh, Disney, jobs, 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 Florida, Disney. I'm a supporter of Ron DeSantis because I think he is the only candidate out there who I see determined to fight the culture war with a guiding principle of faith behind him. I view Ron DeSantis, I look at his family, his children, his devotion to his wife, the way he stood beside her through breast cancer. I view him as a man who has been raised up for this time, and you say, well, he's way back in the polls. Yeah, well, shocker, the devil would be working against him, isn't it? If you're an authentic Christian and you are supporting Donald Trump, I just got to go like, really? (laughs) Really, when you have better options, Tim Scott's a better option, Ron DeSantis is a better option, although Tim Scott, mm, he likes to be woke, too, with the way that he refused to come to Ron DeSantis' defense on the whole utter nonsense that Kamala Harris is spouting about the Florida curriculum that was written by black professors. But let me play you another Andrew Claven cut on the importance of the culture war and why the culture war is the fight that we need to fight.
1: When I say the culture, I don't just mean movies and books and plays. I also mean Dylan Mulvaney, putting Dylan Mulvaney on a, a Bud Light can. When I see old fashioned conservatives like The Wall Street Journal hitting DeSantis on the fact that he's fighting a culture war, the culture war was already on. It was just only one side was waging war. And we were sitting here stupidly saying, you've got to win that, you know, that uh, congressional district in Ohio and pouring money into some, you know, some small race without any thought of how people live, what our children learn, and what people, how people behave and act. And so instead, we have a right wing that has been shut down, has been demonized, has been called racist and sexist. This is the moment to to fight these wars. DeSantis has got to just ignore the Wall Street Journal, all the conservatives who are saying, oh, please, please don't fight the culture war. Just talk to us about policy. No, that's the war we're in. That's the war we're losing. And that's the war we've been losing for 50 years. And now it's just starting to turn around. I can see the cracks in the ice. I'm really hopeful. I don't know if I will live to see the rebirth of American culture, but hopefully I'll see the promised land from afar, because I actually now... Everything has changed in the last few years, and people understand that we are in a culture war, and we have been losing it, and we don't have to lose it because the majority is on our side.
0: Yeah, I believe the the majority is on our side, but I don't believe we're winning it, and I'm not as confident as he is that we can win it because I think that people are too tepid to stand up and fight, to just speak truth, to just say, this far, no farther. You're not crossing this line. Kirk Cameron, the actor, Growing Pains fighting this fight in a, in a brave way. He organized events across the country for this Saturday, just reading books in libraries that extol fruits of the spirit. He was supposed to appear at a library in Alabama on Saturday with Riley Gaines. Well, now the library, which was spooked, I'm sure, by the fact that this event was co-sponsored by Moms for Liberty. Now the library has canceled the event. Because they say too many people are coming and that they can't make room for the people. So if you think, well, this really isn't a big deal, I don't know if I want to get involved. Besides, you know, the people who oppose issue one, I mean, they make a good argument, one vote, one person. I mean, that's a really good argument, right? If you're a person who is picking your political candidate based upon their policy on anything other than cultural issues first and foremost. Your focus is off, and it needs to be adjusted. On Wednesday in Louisiana, a Catholic priest by the name of Mark Beard died in a one-car accident. Here is Mark Beard speaking in his church, two weeks ago. He didn't know at the time he had two weeks to live. He didn't know at the time that these might be the words that would define him as he passed into heaven. But they are well worth your time as you examine whether or not the culture war is worth fighting.
2: How do you vote for people? You vote based on because, man, I got to tell you, he's got a great economic policy. Well, how's that abortion thing working? Well, I got to tell you, Everybody has their rights. Well, let me tell you, my brother and sister in Christ, the good Lord has spoken to this. He said it's a commandment. Thou shalt not kill. Period. There is no asterisk. There's no mediation. My brother in Christ, you honestly believe that the good Lord's going to bless our economic policy while we kill his children? My brother in Christ, think about what he's telling you when he asked me, where are my children, Father? Well, I got to tell you, I get you. But this guy's got an economic policy I got diplomacy I got to tell you he's gonna say I'm supply and demand my brother sister in Christ you got to stop apologizing you are never neutral to him Mark Twain is right if there's a fence between heaven and hell it's owned by the devil himself I don't care if you're tired and exhausted you want to have a pity party go have it you're through get in the game because you came in on this day you're going home on this day our time is short look at the world in which we live how much more convincing will it take that we're in trouble you can't afford to worry about everybody else keep care of your vineyard stop being neutral man even the snails made it to the ark you got to persevere you got to get up and get in the game man i'm sorry man father if i pray one more time i'm gonna spit spit now get in the game and finish what we started You don't have to win the race, but you darn sure better finish it. You are never neutral. My brother and sister in Christ, I leave you with the words of Mother Teresa. She says you can do things two ways. You can either do it right or you can do it again. Hmm. You're never neutral. Amen? Amen. 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 There you go. That's a good Easter crowd. God bless you.
0: Please. That's Father Mark Beard. I guess it was from Easter. But um, his words are, time is short. He didn't know how short. He died Wednesday. I hope his words resonate. I hope they motivate you. I hope they make you confident. Because you can be on the winning side. And I'll tell you how next. So as we end the show today, I'm going to share with you something I wrote in my journal this morning. Um, my day starts, uh, with me in my red lazy boy chair. It's not red, it's maroon. In the basement, quiet, dark, uh, me, my Bible, my journal. I don't write something in my journal every day, but I started thinking about the events of yesterday, the events of this week, what I'm going to talk about on the show today. And I wrote down some thoughts. Um, we'll see if they time up with the end of the show. Um, but I just wanted to share them with you because I think they... Uh, fit in with the topics that we have talked about today, and particularly the topic of the last segment about the importance of fighting the culture war and the importance of prioritizing the right things as we try to get our country back to the kind of country it was founded to be. So this is what I wrote. Uh, As I sit here this morning, Lord, I'm troubled by the state of our country as I come before you today. Donald Trump's been indicted a third time. Joe Biden is embroiled in a scandal. The view of each man's wrongdoing could not be more different among their followers. How can our country ever be united? Because after all, a house divided against itself cannot stand. So I ask you to raise up a leader to unify us, a person who will be a beacon to turn us back to you. And then I contemplate whether this is even possible in these times. Could there be a bridge builder to join such polarized political opponents. It's then that I realize that there is already such a bridge between the two even more divided factions of our world, and that bridge is Jesus Christ, who by his death and resurrection offered safe passage from a life of sin to a life of peace with God who, because we follow Christ's path and the course he charted to forgiveness for all of our sin and the redemption from our sin and the restoration with God forever, because of that, Jesus is the bridge, the only bridge, capable of uniting us. There can be no bridge built between Republicans and Democrats, between American citizens who are so divided, if Christ and all he encompasses is not the architect of that bridge spanning the vast chasm that separates us. Where is the common ground for compromise with someone who believes it is okay to kill an unborn infant at any point in a pregnancy? Where is the common ground for compromise with someone who believes it is compassionate to mutilate the body God lovingly created in an attempt to change it from male to female? Where is the common ground with someone who views the gift of a man and a woman united in a faithful marriage that produces children, with someone who perverts that into the deviant, rebellious perversion of holy matrimony with a divine purpose into the union of two men or two women. No such common ground exists without ignoring the mission Christ charged us with when he ascended to heaven. We are to live our lives every day in service to Him by following His words from the Great Commission. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, making disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We cannot build, nor should we attempt to build, any bridge to those still enslaved to sin and the circumstances that sin has wrought in our country other than the bridge of Jesus Christ and the pillars of truth that he established, modeled, and emphasized in his last words for us To defend, he often cautioned us during his ministry against any other endeavor. When he said, the way is narrow, it is not wide, and that there is no compatibility between light and darkness. Our desire to find common ground with our political opponents is noble, but it must not overrule our unwavering allegiance to exactly what Jesus told us to do and exactly how he told us to do it. Go. Make disciples. Teach them to obey all that he commanded. And if that brings persecution or even prosecution, it doesn't change our marching orders and it doesn't change the necessity to get moving. Because remember, He is with you even to the end of the age. Um, What is ahead of us is unknown. I would love to see us turn back to what our founders intended for us to be, I'm not overly optimistic that will happen, but that does not mean that I'm overly pessimistic about the future, because I cannot be pessimistic about a future that is 100% in the control of God. The circumstances of that future do not change the reality that God is in charge of that future. And it may unfold in a way that I would prefer it not unfold. I'm fully aware of that. But I also am fully aware of the fact that every circumstance in my life that proved decidedly unpleasant while I was going through it is nevertheless... The same list of circumstances from which I have grown more closer to God, more attuned to what He expects of me, and more able to handle the outcomes of those circumstances. You guys know I spend a fair amount of time in the book of Proverbs and two verses that I've read many times as I read a verse, I read a chapter that corresponds to the date of the month every day. And today's the 4th of August, and this is verse 5 from chapter 4 of Proverbs. Get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget my words or swerve from them. And in verse 18, the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter until the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Our attitude over the evil ideologies that permeate our culture needs to first and foremost be compassion for the people who are enslaved to those ideologies. We, as those who know the truth, are compelled to share that truth. We can stand for that truth in opposition to their ideologies as we do it. And we must stand in opposition to their ideologies as we do it. But we must stand for truth.